Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and this is the Savvy Psychologist Podcast. Every week, I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. So by request from listener Annie in Singapore, this week we'll talk about obsessive and unrequited love. And Annie is not alone. A paper in the prestigious Journal of Personality and Social Psychology found that only 2% of people have not found themselves on one side or the other of unrequited love. And so today, to talk about this topic, we have with us psychotherapist Dr. Jeannie Safer. She is the author of five books and is just out with her sixth, which may win the contest for best book title ever. It's called The Golden Condom and Other Essays on Love, Lost, and Found. So you might recognize Dr. Safer from The Daily Show, Good Morning America, NPR, The New York Times, or The Wall Street Journal. She's been described as, quote, a best friend, a gifted therapist, and an enchanting storyteller rolled into one. Jeannie Safer, welcome to the show. Delighted to be with you, and thanks for that wonderful introduction. Oh, you're welcome. So, so as I mentioned, we're basing today's show off a question from our listener, Annie, who writes to us from Singapore. And she asks about the experience about being crazy in love, but not in a fun Beyonce kind of way. So instead, Annie says she and many of her female friends have had obsessive love experiences where they haven't been able to think or talk about anything else. They check their phones every few seconds. They stalk their loved ones on social media. And she wants a way out of this and asks, how can I be in love, but still be happy? So how can we help Annie and her friends be less obsessed? Well, first of all, we have to understand that there are different kinds of obsession. You know, there's the obsession when you just meet somebody in the first in the first moments of passion that are wonderful, and they do take over your life, and that's fine. But when it starts to interfere with anything else, then we're in trouble. And I think the internet hasn't helped us, by the way. It's so easy to be totally absorbed with yourself. But this kind of obsession really comes from unresolved problems about love and about being loved. So what Annie and all of us like Annie, and certainly I've been like Annie when I was 19, I read all about it in The Golden Condom, um, you have to understand where it comes from. That's the way out of obsession Unfortunately, that's the only way out. We have to figure out why we're in it. And obsession is one of those states that comes from the powerless feelings that we have. Every single child in the world has because they're children. And even good parents, excellent parents, are not perfect parents. So you're going to be disappointed by parents. They're going to love your brother or sister more at times. Things are going to happen to you. And we have to deal with the feeling that we can't always get what we want. And sometimes, particularly with people who have serious obsessions, that's because there were major betrayals and abandonments by their parents. And they have to face that these things happen. 
That's the first step, Ellen. Okay. And so you mentioned that at the beginning of some relationships, there is a kind of a natural obsession. So tell me about that. Tell me when obsessive love is healthy and when does it cross the line into unhealthy and how do we know when that line has been crossed? The way we know that, well, the, the wonderful part, you know, most of us have experienced and we know what that feels like. It feels wonderful. You know, I'm as corny as Kansas in August, or uh, I'm in love with a wonderful guy, or or um, I feel pretty, or whatever it is. You know, I'm I, I, I love myself. I love the world. Everybody loves me. That's the kind of experience that is delicious and makes you feel alive, deeply alive. But then the kind of obsession that Annie's talking about doesn't make you feel so alive. It makes you feel desperate. It takes over. You think about the person when you don't want to be thinking about the person. That's the problem. And when that starts to happen, and you can't think about anything else, and also your thoughts become repetitive. Does he want me? You're trying to interpret. Well, okay, he looked at me crosswise yesterday, or he didn't return this, this uh, text in 15 seconds. What does that mean? Oh, my God, he didn't return it in a day. Oh, my God. You know, and, and, and then you talk to your friends. And you say, well, well, what do you think it means? And, and okay, he said this to me and that to me. And, and that's the kind of thing where we're really showing that we're into something about ourselves. And the person, the obsessive relationship is kind of the symbol of what we're in, which is a self-absorbed state. You know, if you talk to somebody obsessed in love in the way, in the non-Beyonce way, <laughs> is somebody that has total tunnel vision. You know, it's, it's extremely boring. <laughs> in the book, I used my own diaries from 100,000 years ago, and I'm reading this, I'm thinking, oh my God, and I have some things that my friends told me about this relationship that was perfectly obviously awful from the first second. <laughs> <laughs> the guy said, look, I think you're going to care more about me. And guess what I did? Exactly that. Right. So they gave me excellent advice. Did I listen to any of it? Could I listen? You're, you're in a world of your own. And that's when we know when other things don't give us joy. When obsession carries over into troubling obsession, you know, not just delicious obsession, then we know that we're into something from the past. That makes a lot of sense. So Let's switch gears a little bit, because I know these, these things are related, and talk about one-sided obsessive love, so unrequited love. And so unrequited love is much like obsessive love. It's manic. It's uncontrollable. Again, we find ourselves stalking people on social media. So in your book, you bring up a paradox inherent to unrequited love. Even though it's torturous, you say, quote, sufferers do not desire help extricating themselves, though they claim to be seeking it. This is an illness from which nobody wants to be cured. All right, why? Why do we love to torture ourselves this way? We don't love to torture ourselves. We love to be loved. Mm -hmm. Feel that we're torturing ourselves because we're trying to be loved. Now, when you're picking somebody who can't love you back, what do you do? You keep trying and trying and trying. And you try to get through to them and you try to become what they want. And you don't say things that are going to upset them. And you don't want to get over it because getting over it means that you're giving up. It means you're giving up hope. And even if this hope is not founded in reality, and we'll talk about that, we don't want to know that somebody can't respond. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet, which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high coverage foundation. 
more popular than soft-launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi. It's more popular than influencers. See you in there. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. So that's a, that's a perfect segue. Actually, I wanted to ask you about that. So in, in the book, you talk about this state of mind you call relentless hope. And so from what I can tell, this is knowing it's not going to work, knowing it's not healthy, but pursuing it anyway. We don't let ourselves really know completely. We know it and we somehow deny it. And one of the ways we deny it is by doing everything in our power to get this person to love us. One person I interviewed said, well, I guess I'm just not sexy enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not interesting enough. uh, I'm not vibrant enough. I'm not enough, 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 enough. And that's why this wonderful man, who is a jerk, (laughs) isn't responding to me. If only I could make myself into all of these things. Now, this boyfriend I had when I was 19, he wanted somebody who was witty. He liked repartee and wit. So even though I was desperately in love with him and I felt desperate that he wasn't paying enough attention to me, I had to be witty and light. Neither, I mean, hopefully I'm a little bit witty, but I'm certainly not light, not at that anyway. So we try to turn ourselves into something else to keep this going. We can't stand to know that it won't go anywhere. And how do you know that it's coming? Like, What are the warning signs of relentless hope? Is, is it possible to look past that denial? It is. It's not so easy. And one of the things you have to do is listen to yourself, which takes a lot of work. And sometimes you need help doing that. And mostly it takes time. I want people to be comforted. This is not an easy thing to get out of. Some people never get out of it. The signs of relentless hope that show that it's different from regular hope is that there's a voice inside you that's telling you that something's wrong that you're not out of the phase of the delicious wonderfulness of falling in love and you're desperate. You feel like, when is he going to call? Or what's wrong with me? And that this takes over. And when I looked at my diary, I actually had said things. It's amazing to see your own handwriting. Believe mm-hmm. me. You know, if only I could find the way to say these things, maybe he would respond. If you find yourself ever formulating a sentence that way, It's a warning sign because people who are happily in love and responsive love don't feel that. That is a great tip. And so then by contrast, are there signs of like the healthier type of relationship? What do people who are healthily in that beginning phase of love, what what do they say to themselves or about themselves? They say, we have so much in common. They say, she understands me. He understands me. You know, I could show my true self. I could show my true self. I could be myself. I feel like my best self. 
You know, there's something wonderful about the sense of being understood and loved. And you feel like this is what life is about. So that's the state. And you don't have to be in a state of ecstasy every minute, obviously. But after 36 years of marriage, I can tell you that still every day, except on occasion, (laughs) I feel like I have somebody who really appreciates me, warts and all. And in fact, he even appreciates some of the stuff I don't like so much about myself. And I don't have to be perfect, which is a good thing because I'm not. Nobody is, indeed. So, yes. Well, Jeannie, this is so wonderful and just is full of wisdom and hard-earned wisdom at that. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for sharing with us. And I, I love it. I should tell listeners that uh, your book, in addition to covering obsessive and unrequited love, covers loves that are not usually talked about. So you tell wonderful stories about first marriages and later life, loving and losing our friends, betrayal, rejection, or being unable to love. And it was a real treat to talk to you. So thank you so much again. Jeannie Safer's latest book is The Golden Condom and Other Essays on Love, Lost, and Found. You'll find it at your local bookstore, online, or anywhere else books are sold. And if you learned something from today's episode, show your support by picking up a copy of The Golden Condom, listening to the Savvy Psychologist podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, or liking on Facebook. As always, thank you so much for listening. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson. Show notes for this and every other episode are always available by going to quickanddirtytips.com and checking out the Savvy Psychologist channel. And of course, The Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thanks again. I hope you have an awesome week, and I will see you next time for a happier, healthier mind. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.